Hello, and welcome back to The Composer's Life. This is Nadia Mary, your host, and I am back again with another episode about composing and what it's like to be a composer, what I do day-to-day, tips for you, etc. Um, I just graduated Berkeley College of Music with a degree in film scoring, and I'm starting my career out in composing and everything. So this podcast is me sharing my journey along with all of the things I have learned and I am learning and will be learning, and interviews with amateur and professional composers. So if this is something that you would like to listen to on a regular basis, make sure to follow so that you can get notified when new episodes will be posted. I try to post once a week and I try to post on Fridays. Um, I didn't post last Friday and this is why. So I don't know if this happens to any of you, but Basically, I had an idea in mind of something I wanted to compose using Cubase, which is the dot I use to compose in. And I thought I found this free library of instruments online, so I downloaded it and I started using them in contact. And then they stopped working after 10 minutes because they were demos and I couldn't figure out how to get them just the regular full versions of the instruments because there was only one download available. There was nothing you had to buy and I just could not figure it out for the life of me. I spent two and a half hours on this and I just broke down because I, (laughs) I just hate being stopped by technology, which happens you know, occasionally where a hard drive stops working or a DAW doesn't load properly and you have to do all of those technical troubleshooting and everything with your technology. So I had a really bad day on Friday with that. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I I can't record a podcast today. <laughs> I'm just not feeling the inspiration for it. And that's why. And honestly, like you're going to have days like that. I think no matter what you do, if you're working with technology, there are just going to be days where it feels like you've lost so much time because of things that pop up or problems that you run into that you weren't planning on. So that happened to me. It's a real life thing. I'm really sorry if that happens to you too. (laughs) But at least we both understand that it can be so frustrating when technology gets in the way of creativity. So anyways, another update. Um, Lately, I have just been composing, practicing piano, um, trying to do a bunch of online courses about technology and music production and composing and everything so that I can keep my skills up to date and keep learning things because I really actually crave that since ending school. And now I've had a little bit of time off. I'm just like, okay, like I want to keep learning new things because I obviously do not know everything at all, especially to do with technology. And after Friday, I was like, all right, let's try to learn some more things so that if I run into problems like this again, maybe I'll have a better idea of what I can do. So that's what I've been doing. And along with all of that, I've been applying for a lot of jobs, so composing jobs that I've just been trying to find online and thinking about people I can contact and try to find work with. So that's where I'm at right now with my life and my composing career. Today, it actually leads right into what we want to talk about, what I would like to talk about, which is networking. And this is a super important thing to be able to do, especially for composers. Um, thinking about connecting with people. And sometimes, you know, it can feel awkward because 
we like to connect with people maybe through music <laughs> and that's why we're doing music instead of having conversations and having to be social and everything with people. But the way that we can actually find work, find our audience and everything else is through um, knowing how to communicate and network with other people. So I wanted to talk about um, who to build a network with, what a network is, and how to do it. Um, so if you don't know what networking is, it's basically putting together a group of people or a network that you can draw from. And there can be different kinds of networks and they can all serve different purposes. So you could have an emotional network, let's say, that could be your family and close friends that are there for you in times of need or a counselor or something. And these are all people you can draw from that you know are there to support you with what with your life and things that happen, or you can have a professional network where, which is more of what I'd like to talk about today, which is basically a group of professionals and people in your life that you can reach out to, you can ask questions to. Maybe that could consist of like a mentor to help you grow and learn and kind of help you figure out whatever it is you want to do and compose and stuff. Maybe it is somebody you know in an industry that you'd like to break into or people that you've built relationships with that you can um, cert, um, use for finding work and stuff. So uh, that's basically a network. So it's people you know. Maybe you don't talk to them every day. Probably don't if they're like a professional relationship. And But you can reach out to them and help each other with whatever it is you need help with. So let's talk about who to network with when you want to be a professional composer. So I think the first and most important thing to do when thinking about who to network with, <laughs> sorry to repeat that again, is to know who you want to work for. So obviously, like maybe when you hear a composer or composing as a job, there's only one thing that pops into your mind that's like, oh, you write music on a piece of paper and like an orchestra performs it and that's it. But in reality, there are so many things you can do and so many ways to work and find work in composing. So I'll talk about a few ideas and industries that you could go into with it. Um, so obviously the first option is to make money by yourself. Uh, you can find an audience that loves your music and, you know, put your music on a streaming service or have a way to sell it like on Bandcamp or something and just build a platform and audience that way and be making money from streaming your music and selling it. So that's definitely an option. And I think that's something that can come along with composing in other industries as well. But there is an option to go really hard, work for yourself basically, and make money just making your music. The other ideas or industries that you could go into with composing are um, film scoring, which again, that's what I studied in school and what I'm going for. So basically that is working for directors, filmmakers, and all of that to make the music behind films. And this could include other medias like TV, video games, commercials, ads. There are so many things now that you can think of. I mean, even like YouTube videos, it just, it goes on and on. And with all of the technology and platforms that are popping up online today, the possibilities are endless. So there are so many medias that you could go into to compose for. And then there are other things you might not think about like, um, 
doing commissions for choreographers, for dancers, for other artists, art exhibitions, stuff like that. Uh, there's also the education industry. So if you think about like a book on tape or audiobooks or podcasts or um, let's say, I don't know, uh, maybe there's some kind of educational toy that needs sound or like a washing machine and a dryer that makes a sound every time you click a button and that finishes or starts. Um, there are phone ringtones. I mean, there are endless possibilities with composing. So I would say after that huge list of ideas, knowing where you want to go and what your goals are in composing will help you know who to look for and who to network with. So establish that, establish a goal. Obviously, you don't have to limit yourself to one thing because if you're good at composing and you have your voice and unique sound, you could do any of those things realistically. But if you have it narrowed down, it will help you to get going and then, you know, you'll find and meet who you need to along the way. So I definitely suggest having a goal in mind. So whether that is to build an audience and sell music or um, wanting to meet people who design video games or who make movies or whatever that might be, have that end goal in mind because that really narrows it down to who you need to talk to and who you need to get to know in order to get those jobs. So um, yeah, so after going through that huge list of options, um, there are also companies that you can work for that people will come to and hire out to design and make music for their game or whatever or film and then um, that leave. Or you can be like a contractor and, you know, make a contract with whoever's making something and just kind of be hired on a project basis. Those are all things you can do with composing and actually be paid for. So um, with that, thinking about who and where you want to be, who you're going to be working for, and how they think. So think about like what groups are they going to be a part of online. You could think about Facebook groups to join or um, look at online platforms that filmmakers use or video game makers use or different things like that. Um, think about conventions and events that these people might go to. Um, so I think a lot of the time, especially in school, my thought process was, oh, I need to find other composers, 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 like I need to learn from composers, which is true. But in reality, a composer isn't necessarily going to get me a job. It could help qualify me for a job, of course, and it could be my in, right, for an internship or an, or being an assistant. However, the money and the work is going to come from people who need music, which are the people that I listed in that giant list. So um, think about where those people are going to be and, again, what events they're going to go to and conventions and go to those. Join those groups, get to know those people, put yourself outside of your comfort zone and try to meet those people and start building your network, basically. So something else to think about along with meeting new people are people you already know that might be in the industry you would like to go into or that can help you out professionally. So my husband is right now, he's really into email marketing and sales stuff. So 
already I have a connection and I know with a website or ads or anything I would like to do, I know I can go to him and ask for his advice on things. Um, So think about family members and friends and maybe teachers that you already know that are working in those places or might know people that you want to know. A really good way to make and keep connections with people is through people you already know. So if you think about it, like you're less likely to respond to an email from someone you have no idea who they are or anything. Um, You're less likely to respond to that person than you are to someone who maybe your mom introduced you to or a friend introduced you to and was like, oh my gosh, like this is my other friend who does this. And I think you guys would really get along and help each other out. So think about who you already know that could help you in the direction you want to go. And this can be intimidating. It can be really intimidating to talk to someone you know and ask for help. But I guarantee you, if it's someone that you have a good relationship with, they will be more than happy to help you out with what you need. Because, I mean, think about it. If someone came to you and asked, like, hey, I really want to learn about music or I want to do what you're doing, like, what, what should I do? What's your advice? You're, you'd be more than willing to help them. So think of it that way as well. So establish basically who you need in your network professionally, who's going to give you work, and the people you already know that could help you get to know those people or help you get that work. So after thinking about that, you can start thinking about how to make relationships and keep them going in the professional world so that your network can grow. So there are obviously online platforms you can use like LinkedIn to you know, connect with people and keep in touch and have like a business profile basically that everybody can see. But there is still like a person to person connection that's needed to, for people to remember you and for you to, I think, I don't think there's any other way to put it. Basically for you to be memorable to that person that they can think of you and be like, oh yeah, like I remember talking to that person or I remember seeing their work and really liking it. Let's talk about how to make those relationships. Part of this is going to depend on how and where you meet someone and um, if you know, know them already. So let's talk about people that you might know already being friends and family. Um, think about the most appropriate way to contact them. If, I don't know, some people are really into phone calls and having a conversation for a while and then pitching a question like, hey, so I've been thinking about um, going into the film industry and I know that you have some work or friends who are studying and I was just wondering if there's any way for me to for you to introduce me to them or you know something like that or maybe just sending them a message and saying hey how are you doing how are things and then pitching the question of you know what I just said basically in a message (laughs) so think about the most appropriate way to contact that person And um, make sure you thank them and follow up with a thank you as well a little while later, basically, just so you know that they know you really appreciate what they did for you. So another way, like I said before, to get to know new people is to join groups, um, go to conventions and events that that the people you want to work for might be at. Um, So obviously, this is going to take some 
out of your comfort zone effort. <laughs> and I, whenever I do things like this, I look back and I'm just like, I don't even know who that person was just talking to all those random people, but I'm proud of myself for doing it because it really is worth it. Uh, when you go to an event or a convention, just remember that you are the specialist of what you're offering. So you can be confident in the fact that you know what you want to do and you know that you have the skills to do it. You know what you're talking about when you're going to wherever you're going to. Um, so have that confidence in yourself. And if you don't have that confidence in yourself, fake it. <laughs> fake it till you make it. And basically um, start talking to people see who people are and what they're doing and what their goals are and offer your services, offer contact information, or um, start talking about specific projects that person has and be like, oh my gosh, that sounds so interesting to me. I'd really be interested to learn more about it. And like, do you need music for it? You know, ask them questions. It's all about making, again, a connection with someone. And Something that um, someone told me while I was at Berkeley is that going to an event and just handing out business cards to as many people as possible is not going to do anything for you. You could go to an event, pass out a business card to everyone and have no one call you. But if you go to an event and try to have a meaningful conversation with one person, that is probably going to do more for you than any amount of business cards that you could just hand out to a group of people. So it's a really, it really is a person-to-person connection, like a genuine, like I actually do care about like your projects and what you're doing because you want to think about what you want your music to represent as well. So be genuine, step outside of your comfort zone and try to start conversations with people and ask them about what they're interested in, in and what they're doing so that you can offer your services to help them. Another way to get into contact with someone, especially, you know, we're just coming out of COVID and stuff, but even say like you live across the country and you can't go to an event or something because it's too far away and too expensive or whatnot, is to just send a cold email or phone call, <laughs> which is a lot. In some ways, it's more intimidating and in some ways it's not because you don't have to talk to anyone if you send an email. But your chances of getting an email back are pretty low if that person doesn't already know you in some way. Um, I have done this a bunch, though. I have um, emailed a bunch of established composers to interview during school just to get a better idea of the music industry. And I would say I sent like 100 emails back. I, I would say I sent 100 emails out and probably only heard from like 20 back. And then after 20, I probably only had five interviews in total. So the more you send out, just keep in mind with cold contacting, the more you send out, the higher chances you have of a few people answering you. So it is going to take some commitment and work. Um, what I would suggest with emailing or phone calls is to research the person or company that you're reaching out to. Research their website, what they do, look at some of the work that they've done and put out, and make the email personalized towards that person or company. So saying things like, I really loved this project you did, or, you know, this really inspires me about 
I don't know, the content you're making. And I'd love my music to be a part of this message or whatever it is and be genuine in your email just like you would face-to-face with someone. Again, do your research and make it personalized and then ask them what you want to ask them. Um, You can offer to make music for them or whatever it is that you want. Just, you know, ask straight up in the email or phone call. The worst that can happen is they say no. That is the worst that can happen, which maybe is intimidating, but that's fine. A no is a no, and then you can move on, right? So it's it's scary, but like I said, it's, it's almost less intimidating because you're not talking face-to-face with someone, and the rejection, it doesn't hurt because it's not like you have a personal relationship with that person. So it is a good way to reach out to people, and it's a great way to push yourself outside of your comfort zone as well. Um, So these are all ways that you can meet the people that you want to have in your network. Again, remember who you want to work for, basically, and what your goals are with composing so that you know the kind of people you're trying to meet. And that will help you know where to be, how to talk to them, what to talk to them about, learning their language of whatever projects or art forms they do. Those are all things that are going to help you make relation lasting relationships with them. Um, after you've contacted someone or say you've met someone at an event, um, I would send them a message that day just to say, hey, I mean, I would say this, hey, this is Nadia. We just talked today at this event and I had a really great time. Um, here is my social media page or, you know, maybe my phone number or something. If you're interested, I'd love to talk to you more about this project. And if you want music, like I'm super happy to do some for you. Or if someone has responded to an email or message I sent, I make sure to respond to them and say thank you for your time, even if it's a no, and, um, you know, set something up. And then after whatever has been set up has happened, I send another thank you for your time. Thank you for doing that. And then a few months later, I might send another email just saying, hey, I just wanted to know how you're doing. I remember this interview or this job I did for you. Like it was a really good experience and just wanted to know how everything went with it in the end. So, you know, just keeping in mind like who you're talking to and who you want to keep professionally in your life. And again, with a professional relationship, you don't need to talk to someone every day. I mean, maybe you have a best friend that is a professional relationship too, which is totally fine. That's different. But when it's people that you're strictly, you know, you know what I'm saying, that you're just working with, you don't need to talk to them every day. But sending a message every few months just to check up and see how things are going to keep that relationship and keep basically your mind in sorry, your mind, to keep your name in their minds will help that to continue to be something that they think about. So um, that's all I have to say about networking. It was quite a lot. Again, it's just thinking about your goals, who to talk to, who you want to know, and how and where to go to get there. Um, That is currently what I'm doing again. I'm emailing people, I'm messaging people, and on this podcast, I'm trying to get some more interviews with composers as well so that you can hear about other people's journeys and stories and learn from what they're doing too. So I hope that this podcast was helpful for you in some way. 
um, and hopefully you learned something from it about networking. And again, I'm going to keep trying to post every Friday. And if you don't hear from me on a Friday, it will be coming out either that weekend or the Monday or Tuesday after. Again, sometimes those technology bumps and blocks we hit or whatever else it is, they're hard to work through sometimes and we all have those days. But um, hopefully it helps you feel better for you listening that, you know, I'm in the same boat and I know everybody has those experiences. So um, yeah, we just get past it together and keep going. And um, so I hope you have a great week this week. Thanks for listening. Make sure to, to rate the podcast and to follow it and have a great week. I will talk to you next week.